0: listening to the Innovo podcast,
1: a ministry of Innovo Vineyard Church in Wichita, Kansas. To learn more about Innovo, you can visit us online at InnovoVineyard.com. We hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. I'm uh, excited to be starting a new series, sermon series. Our uh, time and parables was good. It was a little scattered, but it was good. And uh, we're going to kind of hone in, hone in on a subject for a while. This word that's been on my mind lately has been uh, has been transition. <laughs> been on my mind for for several reasons. One is it, it feels like the world is in transition right now. To me. I mean, ever since COVID and everything going on, it's just we we've, we've been one place, we're not really going back to where we were. We're moving forward into something new, but no one knows what that is yet or what it's looking like, and it just feels weird (laughs) as we look at the state of the world right now. Um, As I look at a lot of you, a lot of you are in transition right now too, specifically. Uh, I've been thinking about that too. New jobs, school is starting, new grades. Uh, Several of you are moving to new homes. Um, I think with that, you know, maybe some restlessness right now, and a sense that maybe God's doing something in your life, and it's going to require some transition. And that's happening as well. Our, uh, our, our church family in a little bit of a transition. Of course, it's summertime, which is kind of, you know, part of it. But also, um, a family connected with our, our children's ministry is, their extended family is no longer with us. And uh, I want to talk about that today after, after the service. If you want to join me up front, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But I wanted, wanted to wait for the dust to settle a little bit. Um, but even as a, as a church, I think we're transitioning in some ways. One thing I've felt strongly is God says, I'm getting ready to pour out my spirit on the church. And uh, I think the global church and our church is going to be part of it. And there's going to be a transition. And we don't know the details of what that's going to be. It's going to be interesting. It's going to change how we do life. And there's going to be a shift. But we don't know fully what that's going to look like yet. So the word Transition. It's the process or a period of changing from one state, place, or condition to another. It's usually uncomfortable, usually doesn't feel natural. Uh, It involves leaving the familiar and moving on to something that we've never experienced before. It's unknown. And that can cause a lot of stress or anxiety. If you've ever been through a transition period before, it can really get stressful and interesting feeling. Uh, But it's also an opportunity to lean into the Lord and trust Him. One of the scriptures I love is Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. And I, I, I love how Paul says that there. And I, I think if we're moving His direction and leaning into Him, He is always at work bringing us to a better place. Now, I don't know about you, Mary and I have experienced some transition before in our lives. Uh, one thing is uh, having kids, but that was a transition for us. I mean, I had never felt so helpless in my life as the day we took my oldest, Amy, home from the hospital. We had no family in town. We lived in Chattanooga, Tennessee at the time, and it was just really awkward and weird. And uh, it just, it, now we're grandparents. That's a, that's a lot easier transition. That's a good transition. Uh, when we moved from Louisville, Kentucky area up to Illinois to go into full-time ministry, we left the business world. And we went into full time ministry, changed vocations. It was a transition for us. Uh, Moving from youth ministry to pastoring adults years and years ago was a transition. There's been a lot of transitions for us. Once when I was in transition, we were making that move from Illinois up to, uh, or from Kentucky to Illinois. Uh, I was busy. I had two businesses going at the time. I had a recording studio that wasn't making money, and a screen printing and embroidery company that was making money, and just working like crazy, and we're getting ready to leave the businesses and go into ministry, and with so much to do, and my head was just spinning, and I didn't realize till later, I went for three days, and I didn't drink anything. No water, no fluid, no tea. I just didn't drink it. And I didn't think about it. I guess it was January. I didn't think I needed to drink anything. I don't know. Uh, and then I woke up one night in like severe distress and I had a kidney stone because I didn't have enough fluid in my body. So I went, went to the emergency room, throwing up, uh, they, they pumped me full of fluids and the kidney stone passed and everything was good, but it was a, it was a scary experience And I never want to go through that again. (laughs) But change can be scary, but it's often God's plan. And if we choose to approach the change with fear and resistance, it's going to be tough. But if we choose to embrace it as part of what God's doing in our lives, and we lean into Him and pay attention to what He's doing, we can actually thrive in times of transition. When other people are floundering and they're stuck and they're frustrated, Man, we could just be, be thriving and, and doing well. Now, we see this a lot in the Bible. Who are some people in the Bible who went through some transition phases? You know, Abraham, God says, move to a country that you do not know. <laughs> and I'll show you. So he actually headed out. I'd like to move somewhere you don't know where you're going. That's what Abraham went through. It was quite, it was quite the transition. Uh, David transitioned from being shepherd to being king of Israel. Took a few years. Uh, The incarnation, and I think about this, I have no idea what it was like for the Lord Jesus to go from heaven to earth, spirit to flesh and spirit, and uh, to become human for our sakes. It had to be a crazy transition for him. And then the children of Israel leaving Egypt and heading towards the promised land. Well, for the next four weeks, I want to talk to us about this idea of transition and how we can thrive in the middle of it, how we can cooperate with it. I think how we can, things that would set other people off with fear and anxiety, how we can walk in peace in a time of transition. So let's stand together in honor of God's Word. We're going to read Joshua 5, 12 through 15, and we're going to hang out here today and go through this together. If somebody wants to read it, it's on about three and a half slides. Well,
0: the Israelites were camped at Yoko, Yoko, On the plains of Jericho, they celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month. The very next day, they began to eat unleavened bread and rooster grain harvested from the land. No manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land, and it was never seen again. So from from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword and hand. whoops! Joshua <laughs> went up to him and demanded, Are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua
1: did, as he was told. All right, thank you. You may be seated. Thanks, Nancy. So what's happening here, basically? Okay, you got the Israelites have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years after God had delivered them from Egypt. Um, what could have been a short journey from Egypt to the Promised Land was, was a, took a long time because of their fear and unbelief. And they were right on the cusp of stepping into what God had promised them. And this is a great place to be when you've been praying and hoping and waiting for something in your life. And you're right on the edge. Like tomorrow, it's going down. <laughs> you know, that's, that's where they were. And it was an interesting time. And they were at a, they had been in a place of transition in the wilderness to the promised land. And the next day they're going to cross the Jordan. And they're going to go into a land of milk and honey. It was really the land of their destiny. Um, the wilderness had served its purpose. The wilderness in that area was really the wilderness. It was hot, there were snakes and spiders and scorpions, it was dry, it didn't rain, and it was tough, but it was a place where the people met with God and experienced His leadership. The transitional place was where God lived right in the middle of their camp and they learned how to trust Him. But now they're getting ready to cross over, and what a great time for a leadership change. God has funny ways sometimes. They've, they're right on the edge of this new thing, and there's a change in leadership. Moses is not going to take him over. Uh, now it's going to be Joshua. You know, no pressure, Joshua. <laughs> Taking a million and a half people into the land of their destiny. And it's, it's no wonder God told Joshua, fear not, be of good courage, you know, because it was going to be tough. And I love Joshua 4.14. It said, on that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all of Israel so that they revered him Just as they had revered Moses all the days of his life, the Lord exalted Joshua for this moment, more for the people's sake than for Joshua's sake, you know, so they could trust him. He was the God-appointed leader, and they had to trust Joshua just like they trusted Moses. And I believe that God will bring key relationships into our life to help us in times of transition. He'll bring key people into our lives that we need for what he's got coming up. Joshua was one of these people. God brought him in. In fact, Joshua is a great picture of the Lord Jesus as you look at his life. The person to bring them into the promised land, uh, the, to bring them into their destiny. There's no way you're going to thrive in a time of transition without putting the Lord Jesus at the center of your life. In fact, I would say when you're in transition, it's a great time to make a shift if you need to and put Jesus at the center It's going to prepare you for all the things God wants to do in your life. You know, it's not just about being positive and having a good attitude. Man, it's about connecting with the Lord Jesus and centering your life on Him because everyone transitions, but not everyone transitions into what God has for them. Transition in itself is not holy, but transitioning with the Lord into the land of your destiny, what God has for you, It's a holy, awesome thing, and Jesus has to be in the center. He's the key relationship. But they needed to trust Joshua as well. And I've heard it said that uh, there's there's stuff that can't be unlocked in your life until you get around the right people. They say, again, there's stuff that can't be unlocked in your life for good. It won't happen until you get around the right people. Joshua, and God's sovereignty, was going to take the people where Moses couldn't. Now, to a lot of people, Moses represented the law. As we look at the big picture, you know, he he received the the law from Mount Sinai. And I've I've heard this said before in sermons I've heard uh, that Moses couldn't take them in because he he messed up, but also because uh, obeying the rules is not going to get you into the land of your destiny. You can't do it by obeying the rules. It's going to take faith in the Lord Jesus and trust it comes only through the Lord Jesus and his blood, cross, and resurrection to get into where God is taking you. But it also matters that you have these incredible leaders in your life that God has appointed for you. If they hadn't gone with Joshua, they weren't going in. Joshua was their guy to lead them into this place. So you got the Lord Jesus as a key relationship. They had Joshua or a key leader in your life that could help you. And the final one, I think it's a picture of our, our church family as well. You know, there's a difference between merely showing up at church and joining the vision. You know, God has uh, things for us, and if you just show up and you're not buying into what God's doing, you're just going to become religious. But when you lean into the vision and see the, what God's doing in the church as a, as a source of blessing and receiving, it makes all the difference in your world. Um, You've heard me say this before, but Mary and I, the direction of our lives was changed by being part of Graceland Baptist Church in Louisville when we were there. I'm convinced God brought us to Louisville for 10 years to be part of this church, to be trained, to be raised up, and uh, it it changed the direction of our lives. Because when you join up with, with powerful people who have vision, it makes a difference, and it helps you to see God's vision for your own life as well, it rubs off on you. Joshua 5, 11 and 12. It says, we read this, the very next day they began to eat unleavened bread and roasted grain harvested from the land. No manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land and it was never seen again. So from that time on the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. Okay, this, this is interesting. Um, when, when God is moving people in transition, uh, he often changes their diet. He changes their diet, okay? This is, this is kind of cool. Three times God changed the diet of the people as they were in this place of transition from Egypt into the promised land. Uh, and Egypt, well let me read this first, Numbers 11, 4 through 6, this is a different scripture, we haven't read this yet. It says, now the rabble who were among them had greedy cravings. <laughs> And the sons of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? This is when they were in the wilderness. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. It wasn't free. <laughs> the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There is nothing at all to look at except for this manna. Okay, what did they eat in Egypt? Cucumbers. Cucumbers. <laughs> Onions, leeks, and garlic, and fish. Stinky food. <laughs> when you're in bondage, you're eating what everybody else is eating around you, and everyone can tell what you've been eating. <laughs> People know when you've been eating onions and leeks and garlics. Uh, in, in times of transition, it's not, tell, it's not tell, hard to tell what they've been eating because their attitude stinks sometimes. Uh, what comes out of their mouth stinks. People can tell your diet because of what's coming out of you. A lot of times, and it comes out in times of transition. You know, if you're consuming bitterness and offense, and unbelief and fear and worry, it's going to come out in a stinking attitude and stinking words. And if you're going to move forward in transition, you got to eat the right things. Now, I know when we're in a place of transition, sometimes uh, we're frustrated. It feels monotonous. It's like we're stuck. We romanticize about times in our life that we've convinced ourselves we're so great. Oh, I remember back in the day, you know, and, and we've, we've built it up in our minds to be this great thing. But we, we think it, we had it better than we have it now because we're in a place of transition. And this is when we have to watch our attitude. Now, I don't struggle with any of these. <laughs> but we, well, these are things we all have to work on. I'm preaching to myself today. Uh, we have to watch our attitude in places of transition. Complaining. <laughs> When's the last time you complained about something? You know, complaining actually cancels out a lot of times what God is wanting to do in our life. It demonstrates we don't think God's involved or He's not taking care of us. So we gripe and we complain and we murmur and grumble, and that's what was happening with the Israelites. Offense. We feel like we're not being treated fairly, someone's done something bad to us or someone's done something bad to somebody else, and that's almost worse, because when we take up someone else's offense, we get more offended than the person who's been offended, and it sticks with us. And the other person can get over it, but we're offended for that person, and they can get over it, we're still stuck in a place of offense. And then gossip. Bitterness offense that gets in us, and it's churning around in there, it starts to come out of our mouth, and did you hear about such and such? Do you know what's going on over there? And pretty soon it's just boo-boo-boo-boo-boo, and we're just talking, and we're, all that bitterness and offense and gossip is coming out, and it's affecting other people. I know people who have quit jobs, and it wasn't enough for them to quit, but they talked to everybody else around them into quitting at the same time, and everyone left together. Gossip and offense and bitterness. Garlic, leeks, and onions and fish. (laughs) That was their diet. And instead of taking in a diet of things that give you a stinking attitude, I think the the thing for us is when you're in a time of transition, we want to meditate on God's word. We want to meditate on what God's promised us. We want to focus on who he is and what he's doing. And his heart is to transition us from the wilderness to the promised land. Now there's seasons we go through wilderness times. That's okay. But God's heart is to transition us to a place of fruitfulness where we'll have the maximum impact and effect uh, on, on the world. And he is gracious and compassionate and he's setting us up for success. But if you don't know his plan, you're going to be stuck. So we meditate on his word to move from this food of bondage into a new place. God changed our diet. Now then he brought them out of Egypt into the wilderness. What did he give them for their second diet? They went from garlic and leeks and onions and cucumbers and fish to a stuff called manna. Manna. The Hebrew word for manna is what? Or phrase. What is it? (laughs) What is this stuff, you know? It was food from heaven, man. Each morning they would show up and God would just supernaturally rain down this bread that tasted like honey and I think coriander was the spice, and they would gather it and they would make bread and they would make porridge and they would make manna stew and manna pasta and whatever you can make out of manna. They were they were shaping it into steaks, I think, at some point. Uh, It's the ultimate food of transition. It was everything they needed, but nothing that they wanted. (laughs) And at first it was like, man, have you tasted this manna stuff? It's amazing, it's great. And then pretty soon they begin to loathe it. And the Bible called it the food of angels, but they, they got to where they were hating it. And another phrase in the Bible that you see that manna is also called the bread of uncertainty. The bread of uncertainty. What is it? For 40 years they ate the bread of uncertainty. What's the bread of uncertainty? And it sustains you in the wilderness and you have to trust the Lord for where he's taking you because you don't know the details. You know, God is good at this. He'll, he'll give you a picture or a vision of where he wants you to go. You don't know all the details, but you know the general sense of what he's doing in your life. And you're like, God, give me the details. And he says, just trust me. Just trust me. You know, just uh, if I gave you all the details, you would just be independent and go do it on your own. You wouldn't need me. Just, just, I'll show you as you go. And with the manna, he didn't give them like 50 pounds of manna for the month. It was every day, a little bit of manna. He had to go out and gather it every day. It was the, the daily bread, so to speak. And you had to, you had to be involved in the process every day. And sometimes you don't understand where you're going. <laughs> you don't know how you got here. You don't know what you've gotten into, and you don't understand everything going on around you. It can be a little confusing, and you wonder, what is this, God, that you're doing right now? But God has you right where He wants you to be in these places of transition. Now, I've seen this in a church setting. Not picking on anybody, I just want to share this. I've been there myself. God brings you out of an unhealthy or unfruitful place, and he, He brings you into a new place, a new fellowship, new teaching, new church. At first it's amazing and exciting and it's wonderful and then you get used to it and it feels monotonous and then you're taking it for granted and then it becomes boring. And what most people do, or a lot of people do, they get confused in the state and like, What's, there's something wrong with this place. <laughs> and you see people move from church to church to church to church to church. Whenever it starts to get boring or feel a little bit monotonous, they're moving, looking for the next exciting thing. And they're moving from place to place to place, looking for it. At first it seems great, and then the same thing happens there. People do it with books and teaching and ideas. They're looking for the next secret to break through. You know, there's got to be some secret to break through, and someone's always teaching the next secret to break through, and people are looking for it, and they're jumping around from things to things instead of just trusting God in what feels like the wilderness. And you know, sometimes in transition, it's not really about the new job, It's not really about the new school or the new place. Uh, It's not about that person. It's not about the circumstances. Maybe God is transitioning us on the inside for greater fruitfulness on the outside. Maybe it's an inward thing. (laughs) Maybe the problem is not my marriage. It's not my friends and their problems. He's transitioning us on the inside to set us up for greater things. Manna. Manna set them up for everything that they needed, even though it got boring and monotonous. And then, three, finally, they ate of the fruit of the land. They crossed the Jordan. The Bible says the manna ceased, and uh, they had to labor for their own food. This had to be a shock. If, if, If God has given you miraculous food every day for 40 years, and you wake up the next day, there's no food, it's like, huh what are we going to eat today (laughs) I don't know but we better find something you know and uh, they they were you could see a million and a half people scrounging around for some food because the manna ceased when they went into the land and they had to start laboring for their own food they had to plant something they had to till the ground they had to to work for they had to put in put in some effort. They they had to become groundbreakers themselves instead of waiting for someone else to break the ground for them. And this is really a great cure for spiritual stagnation. Whatever you're willing to sow is what you're going to reap in your your life. You decide. Whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. A demand is placed on your faith, and it's really called the food of freedom. It's a great thing. Man, you know, if if my only feeding in the Word is Sunday morning, we've got a problem. If my only worship is Sunday morning in the church, we've got a problem. God says, I want you to to dig, and I want you to come after me, and I want you to get in the Word, and I want you to pray, and I want you to talk to me and interact with me, and I'll show you, and I'll give you the sustenance you need. And then Sunday is just fun, (laughs) because we've been hearing from God all week long. Sometimes you hear from God all week long, and then the pastor gets up and speaks, and it's like, I already heard that this week. I've been listening and it's just it's just an exclamation point on what God is already speaking to you and that's awesome the food of freedom it's not a handout you got to take the plow you got to plant a seed you got to grow and when you cross over the food has to change so back to Joshua real quick Joshua is in this place of transition he's waiting he's probably nervous as all well, get out because he's leading a million and a half people into the next place. And the feeling is always, what if God doesn't show up? I remember when I was a youth pastor, and I really felt strongly that our students had to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So we we came up with something called an encounter weekend. And we didn't come up with the concept of an encounter weekend. We decided we're going to do one, we're going to put it together. So we built this with the students, man, come we're going to go away together and we're going to encounter God and He's going to move powerfully and it's going to be awesome. And we're driving up to this place in Madison, Wisconsin, for a weekend with of encounter with the Lord, and it hit me: What if God doesn't show up? (laughs) What what if there's no encounter? (laughs) We've been selling encounter, so that's a good time to pray when you when you feel like God's going to do something, and it's like, well, what if He doesn't do it? That's a great question. So we prayed, and for our time, and the Holy Spirit showed up. Kids gave their life to the Lord. Students got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it was life-changing, and we went on to do many, many more of those encounter weekends. So Joshua's in this place of, what if we cross over and the enemy annihilates us because God doesn't show up? What's going to happen? And he's nervous. And the Bible says, the angel of the Lord showed up. Now, the Bible talks about angels appearing to people, but when the Bible says the angel of the Lord, who are they normally talking about? It's the Lord Jesus. Cuz the Lord Jesus showed up as the angel the, the commander of the Lord's armies and Joshua asked him a question, okay? I don't know what he looked like. You know, he he probably looked a little fierce and he had his armor on or getting ready to go fight, you know. And the captain of the army shows up, it's the Lord Jesus, and Joshua asked him a question. And he says, are you for us or for our enemies? And the angel of the Lord the angel of the Lord says neither. But I'm for the Lord of hosts. And basically the idea is if you want God on your side you better get on his side. <laughs> you know, God isn't about choosing sides. The angel said I'm on assignment for the will of God to be done. It's about his it's about God and his glory. And and part of in the in transition and the wilderness, it's about deciding whose side you're on. Where are you going? You know, following Jesus takes a gigantic tr- transition for us because we have been somewhat self-reliant, trying to make our own way, scrounge up our own food, make, make things happen for ourselves. and it's a, it's a lifelong process of learning to trust God. Not that you're going to sit back and God's going to do everything for you, because God teaches us to fight. He teaches us how to plant. He teaches us how to grow. You know? But he's involved, and, it's, and he wants us to learn to follow his leading. He's taking us from our agenda to his agenda. You know, a lot of stuff in church is, how can I get God into my, on my agenda? And it causes all kinds of confusion, because God, God doesn't want to get in on your agenda. He wants you to get in on his agenda, and when I get in on his agenda, my agenda becomes awesome because it begins to change and shift and transform, and a lot of times it's kind of like, God, what are you doing with this agenda thing? Lord, I just want to get on your agenda, and then things start to fall in place a lot of times. There's still battles and struggles, so Joshua's getting this lesson in, okay, it's not about getting God on my side, I need to make sure I'm on his side. When you're on in transition, it's a great place to do a self-checkup. Okay, whose side am I on? Am I trying to get God involved in my agenda, or am I going to seek to get involved in His agenda? It's a great time to do a checkup there and just kind of see where that's going. And what Joshua did in this time of transition, I think, really helps us. Joshua surrenders leadership to the angel of the Lord. He he realizes at this moment, this is not just an angel. I don't know what he thought, who he was talking to. A mighty, fierce warrior. He realized, "This this is God standing in front of me. And what does he do? He falls on his face to the ground, and he surrenders. Here's this mighty captain of the army, tough guy, leading the people out, want to put on a good face, want everybody to see how tough I am. And man he just drops to the ground and just surrenders everything to the Lord Jesus. <laughs> "You're my captain. I'm going to follow you. You're in control." Now this is a hard part of life, <laughs> but we have to yield to the active leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We've got to quit fighting the delays. I hate delays. I hate trains. There's trains in Wichita. <laughs> I'll be going somewhere, I'm in a hurry, and there'll be a train, and I'm just like, ah! <laughs> you know, just, just a, a, you know, we've got to quit fighting the delays. God's got a purpose in everything for us. We've got to quit fighting with people. People aren't against you for the most part. We feel like people are against us, or, and, we, and we get all concerned with the people. Like, you know, all these people are fighting against me. It's not about the people. We need to quit fighting for control. And we need to quietly yield to the Lord and let him lead. And Joshua says, I am at your command. What do you want your servant to do? I'm at your command, you just tell me and I'll go. And there's this this place in our walk with God where we're not gonna transition to what God has for us if we can't say that. God, I'm at your command, what do you want? It might be different than my agenda. You might toss my agenda out the window. You might make all my dreams come true, I don't know. But Lord, what, what is your command? I want to do what you want me to do. Think of what you're in transition for right now. Because I know all of us, we're hoping for something in our heart. We're looking for God to do something in our lives. We're needing a miracle in some places. We're, just, we, we're hoping for something. And instead of, God, make this come true for me, the better response and transition is, God, what is your command? What do you want me to do? I want your agenda, even if my own agenda doesn't happen. And that's hard. That's what he did. And I I love this thing that he did next, he took his shoes off. The angel says, take your shoes off, you're on holy ground. That's always interesting to me, and I don't, know, I don't always understand that. I went to preach at a church in India after traveling for like 50 days, and it felt like forever. And, I, and I, I'm in Hyderabad, and, they, and I just want to go to bed and eat American food, and there's no American food. Uh, Kit-Kat bar. I found a Kit-Kat bar in India. That was wonderful. I was like, thank you, Lord. Um, I want to eat American food. I want to go to bed. And they whisked me off in this cab, and you're going to preach at a church. I'm like, great. And (laughs) I got to this church, and I saw shoes outside. A pile of shoes. And it hit me. And I was tired. (laughs) And I cried like a baby. These people are so excited to be in church in a, in a Hindu and Muslim land where people were being attacked and killed for being Christians. And they come to the place of worship and they took their shoes off. Because I said, man, we're, we're going to meet with the Lord. This is going to be special. And it just, it just hit me. <laughs> and Joshua took his shoes off and he worshiped the Lord. And I think this is the second thing we do we've got to surrender to the Lord and his agenda. And then we just need to worship him in transition. You know, here's the children of Israel, a million and a half people. Joshua's leading this group for the first time. He's probably like, God, help me. This is, you know, I'm, I can't do this without you. And there had to be all these things on his mind and strategies he wanted to put together and plans. And we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. And here's the leaders for this. And there would have been a million things on most people's mind the night before crossing into the land, heading to Jericho, for the first battle. A lot of stakes, a lot of battles on the horizon. What did Joshua do? Bowed down and worshiped. Took off his sandals because he realized this is the most important thing. You know, I'm a a type A driven person. (laughs) I am. I like to accomplish things. I like to check things off my list. Okay, we did that one and we did that one, we did that one. I love to do that, but you know, if I never accomplished anything hardly in my life at all, except for worshiping the Lord, I think that's a successful life. Because worshiping the Lord precedes everything. You know, when we sing in here, we're not just passing time to get to the message. We're not setting up for the message, okay? We're doing what we were made for, which is really the most important thing. I'm glad we get to talk in, get in the Word and talk together. But the most important thing is that we take off our sandals We bow before the Lord and say, God, what's your command? You are are the captain. (laughs) You are worthy, and we worship him. It's the most important thing. And that's exactly what Joshua did in the middle of all this preparation and things, right in the middle of this transition. And this reminded me, leaders should be worshipers, by the way. And the taking off the shoes thing, I'm not a barefoot kind of person, and you've got barefoot people, you know, you just, walk, you just live without shoes, if it's up to you, you know. That, I, I am not the bear, I'm very insecure about my feet for whatever reason, and I don't like to go barefoot, and a lot of times I'll go from my front door to the mailbox without any shoes or socks on because it's just easier than putting on shoes and socks just to go get the mail, and I'm like, ooh, ah, ee, ah, it's hot, or there's gravel on the on the sidewalk or whatever, and it's just... You'd laugh at me if you saw me going to get the mail with no shoes on. I do not like going barefoot at all. Because you feel everything. Every little piece of gravel, every little bump, you feel everything. And it takes sensitivity. (laughs) One thing God's putting in us as we're worshiping him in transition and we're yielding to him, he starts making us sensitive to things going on around us. I remember a time of transition I was in where the Lord just began to, I don't know, just knock on my door. That's all I know how to, how to put it, where there's all kinds of coincidences and circumstances were lining up, and all these things were happening, and God was speaking to me, and then I'd see it 50,000 times, and I'm like, and it just got to be like unnerving, like God, what are you, what are you doing, you know? I wasn't looking for anything, but the Lord was just kind of stacking the dominoes and getting ready to knock them over, and, I, and it was just, it was just strange, and I just began to cry all the time. Now, you need to understand, I'm a crybaby now. But I wasn't a crybaby back in the day. I, didn't, I never cried. I don't know if, Mary, you'd ever seen me cry before. I, I, I at, our at our wedding, I cried. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Lord, save me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was touched by the moment. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't cry, but I t- the Lord just started tenderizing my heart. And I just began to, to, to cry. All these, never at the right moment. You know, if the, you know, you think, okay, cry here. This would be a good time to cry. Nothing, and all of a sudden, some stupid thing. You know, some of you guys cry at commercials, don't you? Okay, I wasn't quite that bad. You know, the what's what's the what's the pet commercial? Save the save the dogs or something. What is that? Where they play that sad Sir McLaughlin song and everybody starts crying. You know, no, I don't cry during that. But I'm going to cry at some, you know, at the grocery store when I see the radishes. I don't know. It was just it was just kind of weird. When we worship Him and surrender to Him. He just begins to tenderize us, and we get sensitive to the things going on around us, and things that we would normally ignore or not pay attention to, uh, we're, we're feeling it, and <laughs> he's taking us somewhere we haven't been before, and he's, he's making us dependent on him in order to get us ready for leadership. Um, many of us are in transition right now. We're going we're gonna to talk about this over the next few weeks. How to make the most of it, how to get ready for it, how to enjoy it. You know, you can enjoy a time of transition. You know, uh, the children of Israel met with God in the wilderness and he camped right in the middle of them. And there were some wonderful moments in there. Um, but I want, us to, I want to help us to understand what God's doing, that he wants to move us from where we've been to where he wants us to be. And God's plans for us are good. I don't know what God's going to do in the next six months. I have, I have more anticipation for it than I have for a lot of things. And one of the things I've learned early on is when you really feel like God's going to do something, kind of the first step, is faith, step of faith is to talk about it, to get it out there, to declare it. You know, you got to make sure it's the Lord. Sometimes we're not sure. You know, hey, it might be bad pizza. But hey, I feel like the Lord is really getting ready to pour out His Spirit and do some interesting things. And we're going to look back on where we've been. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that was good. But man, this is amazing. (laughs) God is doing some wonderful, awesome things. Imagine your life as you learn to surrender to Him and trust Him in what feels like a time of transition right now. Imagine your life. Imagine all of us, our church, as we transition to the next phase of what God has for us and what a difference it's going to make for us. Let's pray together. <laughs> Lord, we love you. and We thank you that you're attentive to our lives. Lord, I thank you that you care about the, the desires and longings that we have. Uh, you care about where we live. You care about who we're with. Um, But Lord, we just want you to know that we care about your agenda, we care about who you are, and we care about what you're doing. Lord, keep working in our hearts to where our our desire is your desire, where our longing is your longing, where we want to see you glorified and magnified and your will come to pass and, and your work prosper. Lord, for your sake and for the sake of the people around us, Lord, I thank you that we're never left out or forgotten, that you're even as we're leaning into you, God, you've already leaned into us, and you're at work. Lord, thank you for the change that you're bringing about, and Lord, we appreciate it. But Lord, in this time of transition that we find ourselves in, so many of us, Holy Spirit, we just want to see you and respond to you and cooperate with what you're doing. God, God thank you for your work in our life right now. Lord, I pray specifically for those who are just they're just deep in transition right now. Lord, they're feeling it cuz it's like, man, where am I going? I'm eating this manna stuff. I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. I've been wandering. Huh. Lord, I thank you that you have the right thing for us to hear at the right time. And Lord, we want to hear your voice and we want to know. But Lord, I do declare, we are not on our own. We are not floating in in lostness and directionlessness. Lord, we're leaning into you, and we thank you that you're at work right now. God, we trust you and thank you, even for the things that are painful, even for the things that we don't understand right now. Lord, we thank you for those things because you're taking us somewhere. And Lord, we look forward to that day (laughs) to stepping into all that you have for us, piece by piece or all at once, however you want to do it. God, thank you. And we ask it in Jesus' awesome name, amen.